So I'm a father of one. I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Welcome to Spring Ball. It is the Illini Inquirer podcast, and there are so many storylines to follow this spring with a new staff. One, we also have Spring Ball, like we didn't last year. So we have so much to dive into, a little bit to learn, though we don't get to see much of Spring Ball outside of 15 minutes of some position drills. We do get to talk to the coaches. We get to talk to the players a lot, and there's so much to dive into. But the quarterback position, as always, is a lightning rod issue, and it is an important one. And despite the return of two-year starter Brandon Peters, there's a bit of a quarterback controversy, given Peters' inconsistencies. Uh, so today, Joy Wagner and I will break down a little bit with the help of Tony Peterson, who we've talked to a few times now since he's gotten the offensive coordinator slash quarterback's job. One thing is for certain, though, Joey, is quarterback player remains a problem. For Illinois. And here's the rundown of the Illini's pass efficiency rating among Big Ten teams during the Lovey Smith era. So this goes from 2016 to 2020. Pass efficiency rating 2016, 13th in the Big Ten. 2017, 13th in the Big Ten. 2018, 12th in the Big Ten. 2019, a big leap up to 10th in the Big Ten. And then 2020, fall all the way to the bottom at 14th. So, Mr. Packers fan, you can insert your Chicago Bears joke here, uh, but quarterback play remains a problem at the flagship University of uh, Illinois. So, Aaron Rodgers is not walking through that door? Is is that what I'm saying? That is correct. You know, that part of me, quickly, and I know this is a silly thing, to throw 2020 out. Like, you can't do that. I get that. But if you look at the body of work, and probably that's, I guess, a larger story of just like there's just, even with all of the hurdles, just not a lot of depth there. It's just a mess. And you look at this, Jeremy, and this is not like a new conversation. This has circled Illinois football for the better part of like a decade for them. I mean, there's a couple blips there where, you know, West Lunt was around and, and, like but Brandon, Wes had a lot of similarities to Brandon and that like he left you wanting a little bit more. I'm, I'm a big fan of Wes and I, I really like him and still chat with him a little bit to this day. But um, he left you wanting a little bit more. There was injury issues. And when Riley O'Toole came into the game, there was a big uplift in the team in, in that 2014 bowl season. And Riley was a huge part of that. But there hasn't been you know sustainability or you know just stability at that position since Nathan Chuas. No, there hasn't. And when it's gotten low, it's gotten really, really low. I mean, we look at this quarterback room and we're talking about like, okay, there's a quarterback controversy here. And, you know, the, this is not the most talent in turn. I, I don't want to say not the most talent because we, we know there's talent there, but just not the most proven consistency at this level. Do you want me to and reel off still- the name of starters like they do with the Bears? One second, because th- <laughs> that was my point is like, my first spring I covered, 
I think it was like Cam Thomas was the only scholarship quarterback in spring camp. And I'm not knocking Cam Thomas, but like how far and away different is this quarterback room compared to where it was? And it's still a struggle. Like it's just crazy that this is a position. Like if I'm Brett Bielema and I'm Tony Peterson, one of my main priorities is identifying if my quarterback position can can be taken care of with somebody on the roster or quickly getting into that recruiting game and solving that puzzle because it's just not been solved at Illinois for a long time. And by the end of this podcast, I want to wrap back around to that, Joey. So don't let me forget that. All right. After Nathan Shihas graduated, 2014, West Lunt had seven starts, Riley O'Toole six. The next season, all West Lunt with 12 starts under Bill Cubitt. It actually was a, a decent year for West, not so much the entire offense, though. 2016, West plays for Lovey Smith, seven starts. Got hurt, though. Jeff George, four starts. Chase Crouch, one start. 2017, they go into spring ball. Chase Crouch, the unquestioned starter. And he started only five games. Jeff George, five games. Cam Thomas, two. 2018, A.J. Bush for nine starts. M.J. Rivers for three. 2019, Brandon Peters, 11. Matt Robinson, two. And last year, you got four different quarterbacks, I believe, that that started a game with Brandon Peters, Isaiah Williams, Matt Robinson for one drive. Right, and then Karan Taylor uh, for the – it wasn't the Purdue game. It was the, the game after, correct? So, it was Minnesota. It would have been Minnesota. It was Minnesota where he really, really struggled. So, yeah, that, that four different quarterbacks. And obviously COVID had a huge impact with Brandon testing positive, Isaiah with the, the contact tracing, the Mac gets hurt. Um, but still, whoever played, I mean, Brandon didn't play well when he played. Karan had – a great fourth quarter against Purdue, but he turned the ball over four times and wasn't good against Minnesota. Isaiah was really good at times, but you could see why he was struggling uh, at times as a passer. So, you know, he he let, he led him to one win at Rutgers, but you know wasn't able to, and had a good first quarter against Penn State, but just inconsistent quarterback play, and that's why you're right; they have to find an answer. And is it on this roster? Is a big question. Yeah, and here's the thing, Jeremy, I don't know, which is kind of crazy to me to say because there's only, you know, I guess Deuce Span is going to be a redshirt freshman and uh, Samari Collier, who's coming in, is going to be a freshman. And usually when we say we don't know if that quarterback of the future is on the roster, there's like three different freshmen or four different freshmen who just aren't proved. Like there, there are guys, Brandon's a super senior, Isaiah Williams is a redshirt sophomore, Matt Robinson, Crown Taylor, redshirt juniors. And we still don't know. And I don't know when we will know, to be honest with you. And maybe it's week one when we look at this and say, it ain't here. Mm-hmm. And you know, that maybe that's the answer. But what, whatever it is, this, I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to go out and get another quarterback between now and the game against Nebraska. It just doesn't make sense to me. There's, there's too much. I mean, I, I guess what's the appeal if you're a graduate transfer with the room that's already there. And Something would drastically have to change, right? Correct. After correct. spring ball for Illinois to go and be able to entice a, a legit, you know, graduate transfer who's going to make an impact, right? So if, if that player is not on this roster in their eyes, how can they make it patchwork to get through what really is a season where, you know, you could see a four win, five win, and if the chips break right, get to that sixth win. How, how can you patchwork your way through until you get to that quarterback, which is a little you know, scary to hear if you're a fan, because that's been a patchwork for a decade. Yeah. So 
I, I don't know, man, but it's, it's just such a common theme, Jeremy. So the difference I think right now though, is there is some talent in that quarterback room. Like this quarterback room is talented and deeper than 2017, 2018, when Jeff George had to start that many games, right? Or Cam Thomas had to go in the game. I feel better about Brandon Peters going into a game because we have seen in a bowl season him have really good performance, even if it was up and down, but he had quarters against Wisconsin and Michigan State or even in the bowl game that were like, okay, this guy could put it together. And even last year, he had the best game I've seen an Illinois quarterback have uh, since Shieldhouse, probably, or maybe Riley O'Toole. Um, that I've seen an Illinois quarterback have against Big Ten opponents. Wes probably had some in there as well. I know he tore it up uh, in the non-conference all the time. But So you have at least a guy who's experienced, who has proven that he can win some Big Ten games. But you look at Brandon in his Big Ten career, uh, 20 starts in his career, but a 53% completion rate, 25 touchdowns, which is solid, 11 interceptions, which is really good. He takes care of the ball for the most part, but 120 rating is is below average for Big Ten starters. But when he came back and Tony Peterson got the job and it was announced Brandon Peters was coming back, um, you and I were both kind of struck uh, by Peterson's strong words that, at least in our eyes, suggested Peters was the no-doubt starter, Like, which isn't – too big of a surprise that uh-huh. he would have the edge here. But I want to replay some of those those comments from Tony Peterson in late December. Here they are. You know, fired up about Brandon, you know, Isaiah. I know I've got a whole group of guys right there, but I got some guys that have played some ball, especially Brandon's played a lot of ball. I was listening a little bit of his Zoom call right there. You know, I'm fired up to sit down and meet with him, and, and, and I'm going to kind of tell him, you know, I've, in, in the last six years, I've had a couple of uh, senior guys that I've had to bring in. Uh, I had Jeff Driscoll at La Tech. Uh, I had the uh, Gardner Minshew his year before he went to Washington State, uh, a couple other guys. And, and I'm going to come in here and do what I've tried to do with those guys and make sure he has the best, the best year of his career uh, that he can have. So I'm going to work around him, what he's familiar with. You know, if we have to change some terminology a little bit to make it easier for him, I'm going to do everything I can to make things, you know, right for the quarterback spot. So he was just asked about quarterbacks in general. And that <laughs> that was that was all about Brandon. And understandably so, it's the guy he's probably watched the most film of, knew of, saw the stats and said, "Hey, this guy." And I can understand why this Illinois staff would want to bring him back, right? It's like, "Okay, that guy has familiarity with his team, familiarity with the school. He at least gives me a high floor option, right?" So for me, if it was between Brandon Peters and going out into the transfer market and not knowing what you're going to get, you know, you can make the argument for both. But given what Tony wants at the position, he's a big, strong, uh, big-armed quarterback, pro-style, can run a little bit. I kind of understand it. Um, so I, I, I guess it isn't too shocking, Joey, but for us who watched the team and watched Peters struggle, it was kind of like, man, I hope he lets this be a competition in the spring. Yeah, I want to walk back a little bit what I said because the more I've sat on this, like when I I really struggle putting the 2020 season into the right context with Brandon because I thought for the better part of 20, like when we, Jeremy, I remember leaving California with you guys and we were like, another year, Brandon. All right, right? Like this is pretty good for Illinois because like I thought Brandon was – was fine in that 2019. Like I, I was, I did not. I know there was some huge upgrade, huge upgrade. 
huge upgrade. And, and frankly, Jeremy, I don't know that anyone's saying anything. Cause I, like, I remember that year people are, you know, put Isaiah in, put uh, fans, right? Like we, you, we hear that a lot. I don't think that's the conversation if it's anybody but Isaiah Williams at that spot, right? Like I think everybody would have been like, my guy, Brandon Peters, line it up, give him an extra year. We don't care. Keep him around. So that's why I struggle so much with 2020 because he missed the three games with COVID. It was such a weird lockdown season. Obviously things went off the rails in a pretty, pretty big way, given what we thought we were going to see out of that team. But to circle all the way back to your point, like that was the first time I'd heard that since that press conference. I don't remember like going back and listening again and, like I know how I felt coming out of it. It's like, oh, he seems to indicate Brandon, and he did. Like hearing it again, it's like, whoa, <laughs> this is this is pretty striking, and it, it makes sense, right? It's everything that we know his offense is to be, and for him, I'm sure there's a parallel of place things he's already done, right? If you're Tony Peterson, you're like, okay, I've been in a situation like this with a quarterback before, had success there. I believe I can do it again, and obviously Brandon's got the skills to make that a possibility, but then. You know, the more I think as we now sit into this eight weeks, a little more than eight weeks, and you know, them getting a chance to see the players, I got a different feel from him on whatever day we talked to him Monday, I believe it was. Yeah, I, I do want to say this like Brandon Peters, when he plays well, that's the guy I want starting, right? Like Nebraska, yes. there was an edge to him, like you know, he's he's chirping at the other team, and I think the team really responded to that. But when Brandon Peters struggles, it just feels like man, he, it's hard for the team and himself to kind of dig out of that. And I think we saw that against Wisconsin. I think we saw that late in the season against Northwestern. Uh, some of those teams, it's just like, man, they, they don't have a chance to move the ball. And it's not all on Brandon, but he just wasn't able to lift the team out of that. And then you'd see Isaiah Williams come in and they'd move the ball a little bit. And there'd just be a little bit of energy. And there'd just be that, that spark that we talk about. So it was very interesting that this week, as you were saying, Joey, the tone seemed to change just a little bit. Maybe we're looking too much into it, but I don't think we are because the staff is saying these things publicly. Uh, but Peters still took quarterback one reps, right? The first practice we saw, he was the first quarterback in the drills. Isaiah Williams was second. Matt Robinson third. Karan Taylor fourth. Deuce Ban uh, fifth. And then Josh Beatham, the, the walk-on, was sixth. Uh, but Brett Biuma last week said he wants more vocal leadership out of Peters. He wants him to talk more. And it's something... We heard Jim Harbaugh say at Michigan, and I think it's something that Lovey Smith embraced with Brandon because that's how that's who Lovey Smith is. He doesn't say a lot, but when he says something, it means something. That's how Brandon, I think, operates. That's how Wes Lunt, uh, I believe, operated. But it's clear that Tony Peterson and Brett Bielma feel a, a great quarterback needs to be vocal. And Tony Peterson said the same this week, and, and he glowed about Isaiah Williams and his leadership. So here's a little bit longer of a clip of Tony Peterson breaking that down. He's naturally a, a, a different type of quarterback than some of the ones I've had over the years that have had a lot of success. And But the more I'm around him, it doesn't happen you know, just constantly, but he, he speaks up a little bit more. And I told him, I said, Brandon, I'm, I'm going to be on you about this and pushing you on this because this is going to make you a better football player. And, and a better leader out there on the field. And, and he, he gets it. You know, he, he knows it, but he's still, at the end of the day, I mean, he's got a certain personality. It's the way he's been for the last, he's got to be, what, 22 or 23 by now probably, um, just been his personality. So it'll be a gradual thing, but I think it's something that can improve and we can get better at it. 
you know, I'd love to get somebody I had back in the day and get in there and spend a little time with him sometime, maybe quarterbacks or just get him around some other type of people. Uh, maybe, God, it'd be great to be at a place where I could take him over to an NFL practice or something and just kind of see what kind of, you know, vocalness these quarterbacks have. But, you know, he's a great kid. He's working really hard. He spends as much time in here as anybody on, on learning these plays and picking it up and probably has the most advantage out of everybody because he spent so much time in college football. And, you know, he might just say, okay, what we're calling it here is what I called it there. It's, it's similar, but it's a different name. And, you know, so he's got the edge on everybody there. He just, he's, he's been in a lot of practice. And you mentioned a lot about Isaiah's talent. What, what about his intangibles that you see um, like, like Brandon you're talking about? Well, I think just the opposite of Brandon is Isaiah brings those natural, you know, kids gravitate towards Isaiah. He's that natural leader. He's got a lot of charisma and character and, and, and I love Isaiah too. And, and that's, that's not the stuff you got to work on with Isaiah. So it's kind of totally different there. They're different physically, they're different talent wise, but they're also totally different as far as what they bring to the table or, or their, their assets, as far as their leadership ability. So Isaiah is very easy to be in there. He takes control of the huddle. He's he's more vocal type of kid, and that's just what he is naturally. So it's easy for him. All right, I think there's a lot in there. I think there's a lot in there that it's clear, Joey, that for Tony Peterson, Brandon Peters has the physical physical package he's looking for. Right, six foot five, two hundred twenty pounds, big arm, athletic, experienced. Isaiah Williams, not really. Inaccurate sometimes as quarterback, five foot ten maybe with shoes on. Um, but he's a ridiculous athlete. Uh, he's got a strong arm, and people gravitate towards him, as he said. I think he's a he's an innate leader being around Isaiah for almost five years now. I can tell you he's just got an it factor that when he gets on the field, people believe in him. And I think you know, I know at times that was a struggle for Brandon to kind of rally the troops while Isaiah Teams, teammates got fired up when, when he came into the game. So this is a really interesting battle that I still would have Peters as the favorite here, but it sounds like Peterson it sounded more open to a competition that this actually should be a competition. Yeah, I think that really, I mean, Monday changed. I mean, Jeremy, for the last like two or three weeks, we've been talking like, yeah, it feels like Brandon's going to be the quarterback. And it probably does. Like you said, it probably does feel that way. But then we talked to him Monday and we, we talked to each other and we're like, ah, wait a minute here. Like, this isn't at all what we thought. I do wonder, uh, tangentially, who do you think it was that he wants to get Brandon around? Like an old quarterback. Leftwich? Yeah, that'd be good. Get him to see Tom Brady down in Tampa. Yeah, he's got that connection to Byron Leftwich after coaching him in Marshall. Didn't he, have one of, didn't he coach one of the Chads at one point? Chad Pennington, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be – even like Jeff Driscoll, who is a guy who, am I not mistaken? He was at Florida first, mm-hmm. and Brandon was a blue blood, typical blue blood first, blue chip, and so I mean, I think there's anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah where's man, Driscoll? I, I thought, the Broncos now. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So I mean, the good news if you're Brandon, I'm not saying Rod didn't have these connections, Rod Smith, but there's people that Tony Peterson knows whether it's on a Zoom call or whether it's here that are a little more skill level with brand like in terms of like the skills that they possess that you could maybe resonate it if that's a an option that they have to you know connect Brandon like that. I don't know. Um while Rod you know, could have called up Khalil Tate or Denard Robinson for Isaiah and been like, this right. is your guy. <laughs> right, right. It's just a little bit of a different uh different phone book, I guess. But 
I, I've been thinking a lot about that quote, Jeremy, and it got me wondering. Like, and I think maybe for me, and I'm sure I'm not alone, it's hard to, like for me, it, it, in my mind, it's like, well, just be louder. Just just be be a louder person. And that, that's not who Brandon is. And I don't mean to say like, well, dude, just come on, do it. But like, I, you know, I think it's, to me, it seems easier to teach somebody to grow into that role versus help somebody refine as a passer. For for me, Joey, it's really hard to understand because, you know, I've always kind of been somebody yeah. who's vocal. Like, I, I'm in this business, so obviously I'm not afraid to talk uh, or communicate. I love communicating with people. But, you know, I was never a blessed athlete, but I was always kind of a leader of the team. I was always – I wanted to be a captain. I wanted to be outspoken. So, you know, like a Doug Kramer, I kind of identify with because I, I tried to be scrappy and do the right things and work hard. Um, not, and Brandon does all that, but he's just not vocal. Right? He's more Lovey Smith type. He's more of, you know, the introvert. And uh, I certainly am not that. I've always had a close group of friends. I love, you know, being you know social with them. And, and Brandon certainly seems to have really close friends on this team. But it's just that quarterback position. I mean, how many guys that we think are greats at the position are quiet? Like, you know, maybe you can succeed with it, maybe without it. But it just seems like there just aren't many of them. Yeah, that and you know I remember when when he was at Michigan and you know we heard similar comments from Jim Harbaugh and I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. It's like, well, dude, you're you know you're kind of at a million all the time and you can't really expect everybody else to be at a million all the time. But then you hear you know it looks like Tony Peterson and Brett Bielmer. I wouldn't say quiet guys, but they're not like Harbaugh. Eli, like, Eli like Manning, Harbaugh. one of them. Like I'm I'm just going through like uh, that's one. Yeah. yeah. Who. Who is coming, you know, I, I try to think of the people who come out of, the, like, coming to the draft, and, you know, the question is, well, do they love football? It's because they're not rah-rahing about football yeah. all the time. And, yeah. like, that comes into my mind. But here's the thing, like, Brandon does rah-rah about football. Loves like, football. Loves it. Yeah. Like, he, he is a very fun person to talk to about the game of football. And even if you talk to other guys who are, like, on the field with him, Brandon talks trash, dude. Like that is, you know, that can be kind of captivating for a teammate, right? Like you hear your quarterback back there slinging it, talking a little smack, man, that's, that's rallyable. And it's like, okay, so it's there. It is there. Yeah. Like, that's not a surprise to me. Like I, I think in the Michigan state game, right. I think he threw his arms up after he threw the touchdown to Barker and like, do talk some trash. Nebraska. So, he was scoreboarding it. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, Oh, what a moment from a, an otherwise kind of boring season to cover, man. I mean, I know, cool. like, I, Brandon at his peak, man, when he is playing like that, I love him. I, I love him. Uh, it's just, it's inconsistent. And I think that's what they're trying to get out of him is that you need to do this all the time so that your teammates up their level of play because they they feed off you, right? They, they really, really feed off the quarterback position. And he is the prototype of what – what Peterson wants. I mean, you're seeing the quarterbacks he's offering. They're bigger. They're pocket passers first. They make good decisions. And I will say this about Brandon Peters. Um, he does not put the ball in harm's way very often. Uh, no interceptions last year in, in 80 attempts, I think it ended up being. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he had more than maybe one fumble last year. I know that fumbling was an issue early 
um, last year. He takes care of the ball, and I think that's going to be really important. It's something Isaiah definitely has to get better at because he can throw the ball into some problem areas. Uh, and you know he can fumble because he's running the ball so much. But he takes care of the ball. I think he really understands the game. It just sometimes you can't be too risk-averse. And it felt like sometimes Brandon was a little too risk-averse and they just couldn't move the chains. And, and just getting a couple yards on a play rather than taking a big loss uh, is really important. But it's so interesting that Rod Smith spent two years trying to fit Brandon into his system where he was not a good fit. And now could you have Peterson trying to fit Isaiah into his system where it's not a great fit, but he does have all those intangibles that you want in a quarterback that, that can lift an opponent. It's it's a really interesting dynamic we have going here. It is. And you, know, you talked about Brandon is not – he doesn't turn it over. Tony Peterson said that. I said, what constitutes a successful spring at the quarterback position? He said, don't turn the ball over. Like, I mean, that's effectively it. Protect that football. And, and which is something Rod said all the time too. And like this isn't a new concept for Illinois football to try to protect the football. Every single coach on the planet wants you to do that. So, yeah, I don't know, but the, the the obvious thing is right. Like, now could Isaiah do that? And I, look, I don't think it was a secret or an accident, I guess, that the coaching staff said that about Brandon. I, I think that was their attempt to light a little bit of a fire to get him going because he possesses the skills, right, that, that they're looking for. That's clear. But Isaiah Williams possesses, like, the intangibles with Isaiah – like that tough, smart, dependable, and all of that. Like, Brett Bielema strikes me as a guy who really likes some intangibles. Like, he really, really likes them, and Isaiah's got him. Yeah. Well, here's Tony Peterson talking about how these guys fit, what he wants to do. Uh, this is Tony earlier in the week. We'll start with Brandon. I mean, you know, he's got God-given NFL type of talent. I mean, 6'4", he's 220 pounds. He can run pretty well. He's got a strong arm, quick release. Um, you know, we just got to keep working on him on being that kind of natural, you know, leader type of guy. But he's getting better every day. And then you look at Isaiah, and he's totally the opposite. He's a, he's a shorter quarterback, but he can throw it. Very athletic. Probably one of the more athletic guys on our team can run. So, you know, I've always been a, a guy, whoever the quarterback ends up being, that's kind of the way your, your offense has to evolve a little bit. Uh, on certain situations, but both of those guys have the ability to, to run the system easily and, and it, it can be, it can be tweaked around either guy. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, yeah. The other, th- the other part is, is, you know, Isaiah is a very talented player. And if you do have an offensive coordinator that can build a system around him, I mean, we see what he can do on the ground. He was their second leading rusher and he only played six games. And how much of those six games did he play? It was probably what a combined two and a half full ga- games there. Um, so he had almost 400 yards rushing in that time. The rushing offense is great with him in it. And without great receivers, that sounds like a good option, but he's not very accurate, right? Like I've always, I've always believed in Isaiah Williams as a quarterback while well, everyone's saying wide receiver in the right system. I think he can be a very, very good quarterback, but I, he's, I thought he was always going to struggle completing 55% of his passes, but Khalil Tate, that, he did too. Denard Robinson did too, but they were so good at these other things and running the football and prolonging drives and getting first downs out of nothing that he's an appealing option. And if you're Tony Peterson, he could be the option for four years, right? Because he's got the red shirt year plus the extra year. I mean, 
Isaiah Williams could be a future option here. It's just not what Tony usually has. And can you make your offense to make those throws easier, right? Can you, can you tailor an offense that while you might give up some plays that ideally you would like to have in your system, can you make it easier and, and get some short ones or some yards after some, some, you know, try to do anything you can to make this possible for him. And if, you know, to me, it's, reasonable to think that that's a possibility if they go that way and man I don't know Jeremy it's such a such a conundrum here because it's just this year and last year just flipped themselves really right like it's crazy if you could combine the two that'd be great you know we've talked about that before (laughs) with certain quarterbacks here at the University of Illinois Uh, but he's got this is a big decision to make and I don't know when that decision will be made right Uh, Tony said he's not going to lock himself into hey I got to know it by the end of the spring because you never know. These guys could get more accustomed to the system. And I do want to say this. Both these guys are very football smart. Uh, Isaiah yeah. is brilliant uh, just as a person, but also uh, football smart. Brandon has a couple degrees, but he's also uh, very football smart. So I, I think both these guys are going to pick up the offense uh, pretty quickly. But it could cabre- uh, you know, progress going into fall camp. But I do think Tony's going to get to know a lot more about what he has at this position, what kind of guys he has at this position, and what he can do with this offense, and what's best with a, a group of wide receivers that, to be honest with you, is probably the worst in the Big Ten, uh, a group of running backs who are good, a good offensive line that should be solid, and a group of tight ends who are interesting. So um, he's going to learn a lot more. And if he's, going, if he's leaning Isaiah towards the end of this camp, then you, you might need to be honest with Brandon. Or if he's leading with Brandon at the end of the camp, do you have to sit there and go, hey, Isaiah, you can make a bigger impact for us at wide receiver? Because even though I think Isaiah could be a quarterback long-term, at some point, does he want to move to a position that that is better for him? So that might be the summer conversation with either of those guys. And, and that, that's what's on the line here, and that's why both of them got to perform. Here's what I also thought was interesting, Jeremy, is he was asked about, you know, when do, ideally would you like to make a decision – and basically is what you said, right? Like it doesn't have to be done, but if it's no, if I know, if he knows in camp, he's going to do it. I mean, he's, he, you know, that's what it, I got the read. Like I'm not going to box myself into making this before the summer, but if we're sitting there and it's so obvious to all of us, then we're going to do it. But he did say, Jeremy, he doesn't like to get closer to week one of the regular season without knowing. And then he said something interesting. The exact quote was, uh, you know, where it gets worrisome is if you get to a point and you're getting close to that first game week and you still really don't know who your starting quarterback is. I haven't had that situation very often because that's usually when people are trying to play two guys because they don't know who their starter is. That's not a good thing to have. Last year, so we can so we can punt that op- option probably off the table at this point, right? I and mean, I totally agree with it. Like I totally yes, I understood I, I understood why they wanted to get Isaiah Williams in the game, but it felt like, man, if you feel you need that then you need to go with him, right? Like, And it felt like at times they they felt like they owed it to Brandon, right? When this is a Big Ten job, this is a Big Ten program, and he was struggling so much, they waited too long in some of those games to pull him, whether it was Wisconsin, whether it was Northwestern. You know, late in that season, I was so happy to see them play Isaiah, start Isaiah against Penn State because, like, one, what do you got to lose here? And two – you saw a first quarter that at least was entertaining and competitive. Your defense was just awful, right? So you saw Isaiah has it in him uh, to lead a team to a lot of points. So 
yeah, you got you got to make these decisions, and you know they're they're business decisions, and and that's what they got to do. I, I would still have Brandon Peters as the favorite, right? Yeah, I, I, w- I would still have Brandon Peters as the favorite, but I think Isaiah. I'm glad to hear that they're more open to an actual competition because it didn't sound like that in late December, and and Tony probably didn't dive into it much. And and to be honest with you, what I've heard is, you know, they've seen now that Brandon is not the most vocal. But Isaiah is, and Isaiah has an it factor, and that matters to Brett Bioma, no matter what the prototype is. So I think they're going to give him every opportunity in the world. And you know, we haven't mentioned the other quarterbacks, Joey, but that's because these are the two guys fighting for the job. I, I said stock up on Matt Robinson when Peterson got this job, and I do believe that. I think Matt, you know, this is a good system for him to run because it's quick decisions, get the ball out, and I think Matt can do that pretty well. Doesn't have to wait long you know, into a play to let the routes, you know, kind of come open. Uh, Deuce Span, Karan Taylor, I, I think those guys could be square pegs in a round hole. I think both are very talented. Uh, but Deuce Span, I think, has a huge ceiling, but he's not really refined as a passer and, you know, decision maker. Plus, he's just a redshirt freshman now. And then Samari Collier, I think, is, you know, more of a pro style. I mean, he can run it, obviously, but I think he is more of a pocket passer at times. But those guys were recruited for a different system. So uh, we'll see what those guys can do to impress. But I'd be shocked if there's not turnover in this room, whether it's the two guys we're talking about, one of them, or whether it's you know some of these backups here, Joey, just because it is a new coach coaching guys he didn't recruit, and he is going to want to you know bring in his guys who fit what he wants. And, Jeremy, there's just a lot of scholarship quarterbacks on the team right now. Yeah, I mean, there are six scholarship quarterbacks, right, by the time fall camp comes around, there'll be six scholarship quarterback. Dude, that's a lot. That is just a lot of quarterback. So I don't think I would necessarily be surprised if there's turnover. I don't know who it would be, but just if you look at the numbers and the the circumstance, yeah, man, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, and to me, the, the turnover with Isaiah, if, if, if it is, is like you said, is at a different position. I don't think it would be at a different place as much. I think it would yeah. just be, hey – like you can be pretty impactful at wide receiver now and you go, Hey, maybe even for a couple more years, like beyond the time you leave here because his skills are just so unbelievable. Um, something, man, it's, I wish we could see more of spring camp because I would like to see how this looks. And, you know, I, unfortunately we're going to have to put quite a bit of stock in the spring game with what we see, right? Like, you know, tallying up stuff just to see what it looks like. But you know, how far away is the answer? Is the answer this fall or is the answer in some recruit at some point down the line? Because that is, has to be addressed. Is the answer it's the biggest thing? It's the biggest thing. Is the is the answer on the roster, Mike? You know, that I don't think you can rule that out. Like if they don't like what they see this spring and they enter a summer and there's more waves of transfers, I would not rule that out. I, I think most likely either Brandon Peters or Isaiah Williams is your starter against Nebraska. But for a new staff that didn't recruit these guys, I would not rule out the possibility that I don't like either of these options and we can improve it in the portal. Because I, I know they looked at Alan Bowman, who's now at Michigan, right? They, they looked at um, you know some of these, the Oregon transfer uh, that, that went somewhere else. Like They've looked at some of these guys, and they should because that position – you need the best player possible because if you're not if if you don't feel good about that position, you have to try and upgrade, and you can't worry about the feelings of those other guys because 
That is the most important position, and it is a position Illinois has struggled at for almost a decade now. Yeah, and what do you look for in the transfer market? Do you look for a one-year, hey, bridge us? Or do you look for something like Brandon, that that was a two-year thing, and then let you develop a recruit that you end up bringing in, who you've offered, who you've known? And that, to me, feels like the only way. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think bringing in somebody for 12 games this fall is really moving the needle in a positive direction at all. It has to be a 24 game at least commitment here with them. And that allows time for Tony to get his guy going. And his guy, you would assume, would be a three year guy. Right. I mean, if, if after this, I so saw, I don't know, man, there are options. And we've seen this transfer portal go nuts. Like this is going to be a stupid, crazy place. And there are going to be some people out there that are going to help a lot of teams. And again, what are they after in there? How do they want to build this? What is their timeline for development? There's so many questions that we're probably not going to be too privy to the answers, but seeing how they do stuff and the interest they have in certain positions is, is going to tell us quite a bit. It's a puzzle. All right. If I had to give a percentage odds, Brandon Peters starters against Nebraska, what would you say? Hmm, crud. 75? I mean, I, guys, I was about 70. 70, 75. Yeah. Sounds about guys right. Guys, he's been around forever. He knows, you know, he's been in so many. And Tony Peterson said that, like, he's been in so many systems that he's going to know a different name for something. And mm-hmm. I think he just fits better. But that's a lot higher but, than I would have had a month ago, by the way, or a lot lower than what yeah, I had a month yeah, ago. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, how much can Isaiah Williams and his this personality continue to close that gap. I mean, and it's not just personality, right? I mean, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent. talent. And and I think with Isaiah, you have a potentially great run game. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, the the running back position stack and you put a quarterback who can move. It's pretty good. And you can control a lot of things, control the tempo, control everything that way, man. You know, Jeremy, I'm going to level with you going into last year. I was like, okay, this conversation's done. This over. So this is not a conversation anymore. Obviously, I didn't expect the extra year to, to push this thing another year. But yeah, then yeah, we like, thought Brandon for this 2020, they'll, they'll try and make uh, a 500 record, I guess, was kind of the expectation with this shortened season. And then pass the baton to Isaiah Williams. But here's Brandon Peters back. And Isaiah at times, I thought Isaiah just overall played better than Brandon last year in a small sample size. Small sample size. And that's. That's all we've seen from Isaiah, right? Is small sample size. So we're looking and it's like, you know, my mind goes to the Rutgers game. I don't even throw the ball that well, but it's like everything else was an A plus. Like everything else was an A plus. But then there's games where it's like, okay, like the Penn State game where it was not that A plus. Well, first and- first first quarter was pretty good for him. But yeah, then it wasn't wasn't as good. Uh, and plus he came in probably against some second stringers, right? And, and Brandon's Nebraska game again was an A plus. The rest of the season was D minus F, right? Which is crazy because that was his first game back. Like, I would have never pegged. Like, if you would have told me before we went up to Wisconsin to cover the opener, if you would have told me, like, okay, Brandon's going to miss three games. But get this, the best game of his Illinois career is going to be his first game back from this COVID pause. I'd be like, no, that's not how this is going to happen. That doesn't make sense to me. But and, And I remember, Jeremy, after that, we were talking like, whoa, they can build on this. Like that was their second straight win. And Brandon looked unbelievable, like a world beater. And then it just, I, I don't even remember who the next game, next game was at Ohio. Was the next game at Ohio state postponement? Yes. 
Let me look up. I, I'm forgetting what was before that Northwestern game, which was awful. Let me look it up. Uh, oh. <laughs> Iowa was in there. Iowa That's it. Iowa. That was not good. That was a not, not good. good. And great, great first quarter for Brandon. So he had five quarters in a row that was like, whoa, whoa. Uh, and then it just all fell apart from there. It's the, and again, you touched on it, Jeremy. It's stopping that snowball, right? And it's it's really hard for that to happen. So here we are, quarterback. Quarterback controversy Quarter- every year here at Illinois, except for last year. And uh, then all of a sudden it became one not too deep into the Yeah, season. it didn't last very long into last year. Right? Like, Jeremy, there was a point last year that I know we were like, Crown Taylor, what's, uh, what's going on here after the Purdue game? And that. That fell apart. I don't know, man. They got to find an answer. We'll see how quickly they find an answer. To me, that's the top priority for them is find an answer at the quarterback position that is going to last you at least. Like you want to be comfortable for the next four seasons with your quarterback, I think, right? Now, whether that's a two and then a a sophomore going in there or whether you think Isaiah is your guy going forward or maybe it's Brandon, then Isaiah – if you can be comfortable for four seasons at your quarterback position, which, like, that's not hard for other schools to, like, I, grab. I think Illinois would take two. Just just get two. Just, yeah. just get two years in a row where you feel, all right, we don't got to worry about that position. Obviously, you got to keep recruiting. But we know this guy is here. We can win with this guy. Now I can fill out the rest of this and fill out around him. Uh, they haven't been able to do that here in, in a while. All right, Joey Wagner, I think we covered the heck out of that, which is going to be very interesting to, to see. There's so many other issues we'll dive into later on the podcast. Uh, but, Joey Wagner, great conversation as always, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you to Joey Wagner for helping me break down the quarterback position for the University of Illinois. We'll have more coverage on the podcast here about Illini Spring Ball. Of course, go to Illini Inquire for all that information as we talk daily, mostly, six out of seven days of the week with Illinois football players and some of the new coaches as they both adjust to each other. The new players adjust to new schemes, new personalities, and of course the new coaches are adjusting uh, to a roster that it inherited. So we'll cover the heck out of that at Illini Inquire. And you might be one to tune into the VIP board uh, for some Derek Piper basketball recruiting nuggets. There's been a few big ones here in the last 24 hours. So stay tuned to that as well. If you're not a VIP member, sign up for your first month for just $1 or your first year for 30% off. As always, we appreciate listening to the podcast. And I'm told that no longer say subscribe to the podcast, say follow the podcast because subscriptions people think is spending money. Well, give us our our podcast a follow. It's free uh, to listen to this podcast, of course. So give us a follow wherever you get your podcast and uh, give us a rating and a review as well. That always helps us out. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.